This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, Joey asks me about obscure analogies. Won't you be my neighbor? This is what a Joey sounds like. And this is what an executive producer and queen of the castle, Jess Vander, sounds like. Hi, this is Jess. I mean, I don't know how I, I feel positively about Mr. Rogers from my like own childhood, but I feel like I thought Mr. Rogers was boring even when I was a kid. Definitely agree. I was like, this is the this is not interesting. But also teaching like positive life lessons and yeah, like it's a shame. values and kindness. And like I watched yep. the documentary and, and like had feelings when I was watching it and like, man, what a great human being and all of those things. And then also being like, Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna watch Mr. Rogers <laughs> with my daughter because <laughs> it's a real boring. Yeah. It's um... there's a whole lot of cardigan coverage in this, in this that's so funny show. you're like yeah it aged well in spirit but still just as boring as it was. we're gonna <laughs> yeah. get we're gonna get so much hate mail for this <laughs> um How Jessica, can i talk to you about something Mr. Rogers? sorry what <laughs> can i talk to you about something um yeah, of course i i am writing something which we may uh, put on the podcast stream after I've finished the write-up just to like test out things of, you know, reading our newsletters and, and putting it on the podcast stream just seems, you know, I'm just talking multi-channel something, something. But cool promotional strategy, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> uh, Joey's promotional corner. Um, yeah. But... In writing this piece, I am confronting a thing that I've confronted in the past, but it's fresh in my mind, which is in coming up with analogies and trying to understand systems and um, how things work and, and finding a way for me to conceptualize things for myself, I often wind up turning to science as places where I'm like, oh, this is kind of like that, or this is kind of like this other thing. And right now, the piece that I'm writing, like, for whatever reason, uh, selection theory, which is like a theory within uh, like ecology, like specifically population ecology about different reproductive strategies based on different conditions and environments came up. And I'm enjoying the piece, and also I'm like, man, I don't know if this is going to connect with people. Like, anyways, so you can tell that in Meta's approach to uh, the metaverse, they've taken a K-type strategy by allowing for an idea to have longer gestation and higher parental investment in the innovation. You know, like, I'm like, this works perfectly. This analogy works perfectly. We can learn things from it. It can sharpen our way of thinking about innovation. And I'm also like, should I have just talked about like pop culture things of, uh, you know, the, the R-type strategy is like the way Pr Chris Pratt takes roles where he'll just do anything, including Pringles commercials. And the K-type strategy is the way that Daniel Day-Lewis does like 
three roles a decade and like fully invest himself into becoming Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and so my, my question for you, Jess, is, is it better to be a nerd with your analogies and attempt to be right? Or is it better just to be relatable? I would wager this is falling into the fallacy that smart is boring. And I don't believe, right? Because I'm, let's go. Smart is not boring. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, Ryan had an interesting theory um, related to two television shows, um, The Big Bang Theory, a show that is objectively like about nerds. And community, a show that is objectively about maybe not smart people. But the way that he described it, because I, I was complaining, I was like, I hate the Big Bang Theory. Like, that show grinds my gears. It's just like <laughs> such a un, like such an inappropriate portrayal of smart people. And Ryan was like, Yeah, you know, um, that's because the Big Bang Theory is a show uh, about smart people. For dumb people and community is a show about dumb people or smart people and this is obviously a gross <laughs> exaggeration <laughs> a gross exaggeration but what, what it did was it made me really think about like separating the subject matter from the sort of audience interest type way you think type thing because those need not necessarily be the same. And I think yeah. that's what like what that's what TED Talks did, right? It took like deeply intricate concepts and it was like let's just make this really fun and gripping to listen to. Like we don't have to get into all the specifics, but we're going to do this, we're going to invent this like deeply nerdy and intellectual thing and we're going to popify it by creating this format of storytelling that is you know, it just like tickles everybody. It's just like, oh, wow, that, that's just that was so interesting to listen to. So I guess coming back to the question of, you know, nerdy versus relatable. And analogies, like, I think I, I that's where I'm, I'm coming back to this idea that I don't know, maybe maybe it's all in the style and that if you've got an analogy rooted in population ecology like yeah go for that explain it so that it's easier to understand and also like don't be shy to like you know make some pop culture references <laughs> to to explain it i don't know por que no los dos joey yeah yeah find you an article that can do both uh I mean, yeah, that's I, I think like the there there is a certain amount of um, like phobia, maybe, you know, you know, like there is plenty like written or talked about a, of like math phobia where people are like, I don't do math. Right. Like or like math. Right, you're, you just out. shut down. You just can't yeah. process anything following the word math. It's like, nope. Yeah. And and I think there's probably a lot of that within science too. And, you know, for better or worse, like my, because I, you know, 
was doing a bunch of science education in school and I, I'm, you know, I don't, the amount that I know but don't have a deep understanding of related to science is probably high because like I enjoy thinking about it, but I'm not expert on probably any of it. Uh, but I encounter ideas and then I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> you know, like uh, w there's like a joke with someone at the company at some point, basically like stop trying to make fetch happen with like strange attractors <laughs> where I was just like, well, as many references at once, a mean yeah. girls reference of character Gretchen Wieners trying to uh, impress uh, Queen Bee Regina George uh, using the word fetch and trying to instill it into uh, vernacular. And then Regina, Regina like claps her down and is like, no, stop trying to make fetch happen. And in this case, you were trying to make fetch happen by trying to make strange attractor happen and other people <laughs> yes. were shooting it down. Great. We're caught up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We're caught up. We're on the same page. Yeah. Like Alana's like, Oh great. Strange attractors. We're talking about strange attractors. Again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, but it's the perfect metaphor. And everyone's <laughs> like physics. Everywhere. Like, yeah. Like let's actually not talk about Lorenz attractors and whatever else, because you know, this isn't going to happen. And every once in a while, I'll just be like, actually, the most appropriate metaphor here is strange attractors uh, in chaotic systems like X, Y, Z. Yeah. Could it also be that you are experiencing that Bader-Meinhof phenomenon wherein you are seeing a thing that excited you in more places and seeing that analogy show up more often when actually it's it's not that it is a bad analogy but it is less effective than you think because it actually is a source of cognitive bias i mean it could totally be a source of you know it like any analogy is like how are you understanding a system and you're gonna you're gonna pull back to things that you have a lot of understanding in to relate it to a new concept probably to be able to attach those concepts to something else in your head, right? Like any ideas right. that have no connections to other ideas that you're already holding in your head are isolated and less likely to ever be able to be used, right? Exactly. And so that's where if you're trying to ask someone to understand a new thing via another new thing, you're actually asking them to, to learn two things rather than just hey, uh, actually, this new thing is less new than you thought. It's actually related to this thing you already know. Branding, yeah. boom. Branding, boom. Yeah. Sub-brands, like, boom. <laughs> but, but in this particular instance, right, like R-type strategies, K-type strategies, selection theory is like actually quite relevant because it's about like how much are you investing in certain types of innovation and like... Uh, how effective are those strategies as environmental conditions change? So it's like, it's quite one-to-one. -one. Like in this instance, I don't think I'm doing, or I'm not doing the Bader-Meinhof of cognitive bias, but what I am doing is introducing a concept that maybe requires someone to understand it because it may be new to them. Just, you know, if they'd never encountered the idea before, but I'm like, there's a lot we can learn from this strategy from another place and apply it to the ways in which we're thinking about and investing 
in developing new innovations in companies, but I'm like, I'm definitely feeling like a little like, Ooh, am I nerding too hard right now? You know, I wonder Joey, if this is actually an instance where concatenation is the solution, uh, a word of that I first learned in Excel class actually, uh, which is a fancy word for just like linking stuff. But What's interesting about what you were just saying is like, actually, this analogy is not that far from, you know, things that are more familiar to people. And that's actually the thing that I'm wondering about where wherein it maybe is okay if you're asking people to learn more than one thing, two things, three things, so long as they are concatenated together, starting with a thing that you know. So if it's like, but if you know this, then you know this and this, 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 and all of these other givens, and it all sort of like neatly lines up in a little ducky row and so maybe that is the problem joey it's not that you need to choose between nerdy and relatable it's that you just need to link them in some way starting with the relatable and pack as much nerd as you want (laughs) i mean the question is going to uh, get answered quickly uh, on how well i did or did not concatenate these uh concepts because it will go out into the world in a few weeks and (laughs) people can decide how well it is concatenated uh but yeah i i i think i have like a sense of because of people's like apprehension like we're talking about physics or like we're talking about biology like really like you know the sort of like eyes roll back into your head and rattle around but i'm like but it's cool But it's That's cool. where you can do that sneaky thing where it's like, ha ha, I scienced you and you didn't even know it because I snuck it into the chain link when you yeah. least expect it. Like now. Yeah, as soon, as soon as you like put the word like gestational in a sentence, so you're like, you oh, dude, we lost you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, the gestational period uh, of uh, the... Uh, mixed reality approach to tech, like whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think this is this is also just the like preference for precision at cost of uh, or at cost of other things can also be a challenge. You're like, but, but it's really precise, and and someone's like, yeah, I don't. I'm, I, I don't understand where you're coming from. You're talking to yourself in a corner somewhere. I think I think I'm avoiding it and also, you know, that like if you to your point of, of like certain types of bias, like if you're surrounding yourself with other people who are sort of willing to enter into complexity and sort of, you know, like a few of the like an example is like stratechery, right? Like he writes like 4,000 word essays that are like willing to introduce complex concepts or like Derek Thompson at the Atlantic or, you know, whoever, where it's like this person wrote this thing, they know more than I do about it. And this is how they think about it. So like you're, you're introducing complex concepts and, and I'm like, Ooh, a new idea. Like how exciting, (laughs) you know, little like magpie of random ideas. Is it is it rap time? I think it is. It is.
I like the idea that things that are complicated and smart don't need to be dumbed down. They just need to be paired with things that are incrementally linked to easier and easier things for a broader audience to understand. That's why something that, you know, might be super obscure to a non-science, non-math, non-ecology type person can maybe become super clear and understandable and might make that person feel like they did more than they ever thought they could have understanding something so complicated because it all comes back to good content. Good luck writing this thing, Joey. We're excited <laughs> to see it. We'll see. <laughs> and what I'm not doing right now is asking you more questions that you brought up to my head in the wrap-up <laughs> corner. I'm definitely not doing it. <laughs> but it did make me think of something. <laughs> which I really want to talk about. I'm fighting really hard with my own brain. <laughs> Critical Nonsense is a Sylvain production. Brought to you by, um, also, sibling to, um, actually, Joey and Jeff. <laughs> oh, we'd like to thank you, our executive producer, and, um, also, actually, or Jess Vander. <laughs> we'd like to thank sound engineer and A-type for best, Alex Contell. <laughs> Uh, we'd like to thank our programming coordinator and semicolon, Les Jacobs. We'd also like to thank our production crew and perennial concatenators, Sari Gilbert and Nora Mestrich. Thank you. And as always, thanks, Alan. Special thanks. I, I realize Bader-Meinhof is an example of, like, more scientific ideas that people are like, oh no, we're cool with that. Like maybe like yeah. psychology as an example, because people want to understand their own minds is like, cool, we can go into that. Great. Bader-Meinhof effect. Like, let's talk about that in regular conversation. Like, thanks <laughs> armchair expert, like whatever. <laughs> but like, you're just like, yeah. anyway, so in physics, like we, let's talk about the Chandrashankar limit and everyone's like, fuck off. That. <laughs> that, that is really a bummer to me. Um, as uh, a nerd appreciator. Um, I guess this also brings me to thank um, a friend of mine, Alex Settle, who I may have mentioned uh, at one point was was thinking about creating uh, a podcast or a, a something wherein he would break down um, extremely uh, amusing scientific pa papers that were completely like buried in jargon. Uh, to be like, no, 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 this is hilarious. Like, this is really funny. And, like, everyone needs to know that, like, this entire study was about, like, wombat poop. <laughs> and, like, the, the world wants to know this. Are you familiar with the Ig Nobel Awards? Oh, yes. We've talked about them on the show, I think. That's, like, it's Nobel Prize, but it's for something heinously stupid. Yeah, it, it's, like... It is this. It is like ridiculous research. Like my my advisor in undergrad had won an ignoble for like the the some sort of like 
neuroanatomical thing related to hula hooping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like he figured out how people hula hoop somehow. And everyone's like, great, thanks, guy. And, like, oh and it is sort of like a, a, like a backhanded compliment, like actually good research, but why do we care about the hula hoop? Couldn't you have done this for something like more relevant, like driving or something, you know, like. Yeah, apparently, I'm looking now, apparently there was an award uh, given to um, research on the five second rule to demystify that no, in fact, um, dropping something on the ground uh it's not about, it's not about time window apparently apparently it's more of a moist issue yeah <laughs> checks out uh Makes the sense. the the show mythbusters was effectively just a long uh entree into <laughs> the ignoble awards um and thanks mythbusters yeah yeah thanks mythbusters it's just fun more fun science stuff. More science! <laughs> well, we did it. Okay, bye. Love you, mean it, bye!